Hey everyone, welcome to the Referral Candy podcast. This is your host, Raul Galera. Referral Candy is a referral friend software that increases e-commerce sales through word of mouth. You can check us out at referralcandy.com. In this podcast, we'll be discussing all about e-commerce marketing and sharing tools and strategies that you can implement on your online store. Today, we're sharing with you an interview that we recently had with Billy Wilson, co-founder and CEO of Isig Distributors. ASIC Distributors is a technology company based in Las Vegas, specializing in the sale of vapor products. Their platform currently operates on a number of high-profile domains that service the needs of consumers, retailers, and wholesalers, such as Equiliquid.com or eJuices.com. Billy is an experienced entrepreneur who founded his first company when he was only 13 years old. We asked Billy to tell us more about himself and his impressive entrepreneurial background. Here's what he said. So I started my first business when I was 13. Wow. I did a mobile mobile car detailing in my parents' neighborhood. I didn't have a car, so I just carried around a bucket and a hose and a bunch of soap. And uh, my whole slogan was, don't go to the car wash, let the car wash come to you. So I did that uh, for a few summers, ended up having five of my buddies working for me. Um, and just really fell in love with the whole um, thought of, you know, kind of creating our own schedule and solving problems and helping people. So. Um, after that, I had a couple different businesses in um, college. I partnered up with a professor who had the first uh, online accredited college units, uh, college classes in the United States. Mm-hmm. It was a company called uh, collegeunits.com. Um, we were actually uh, accredited through the extended studies program at, at San Diego State University. Um, when I started, we had 50 students. Um, by the time we got shut down, we had 8,500 students. Wow. And the reason we got shut down was we were in talks with Blackboard, who's now probably the largest player out there, um, to acquire us. And the College of Extended Studies was upset because they had so many students on our program that they were losing state charter money because kids were only taking part-time units at the actual college and taking the rest of their units with us. I see. So they just... They ripped up our agreement, and my partner was a tenured professor, and so he had a decision to make, give up his tenure and his um, his pension and all that good stuff, right. and sue his employer or um, go after this. So we spent a bunch of money in legal considering it, and at the end of the day, he just didn't have a stomach to do that. Right. Uh, so in during that time, I was um, always very interested in flying, so I had, um, as I was finishing up college, I signed up at Embry-Riddle out of Florida to go to flight school and three weeks before I was supposed to go, 9-11 happened. Mm. And so my goal was I wanted to go fly because I had an uncle who was head of the pilot's union for UPS. So I was going to go fly, you know, basically full-time, but their schedule is really part-time, and then do real estate on the side. So I flip-flopped those two things, um, ended up staying in California, got my college degree, my pilot's license, my broker's license, and my appraiser's license all the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went to work for a developer to learn how to do land development. Um, and as that was happening, it was, as most of my stories go, there was uh, it was right before the recession. Um, our collective oh. group, we had close to $300 million in long-term options in place um, under sales contracts to sell land all throughout Eastern Riverside County. And none of it closed. So instead of selling lots to builders, I started my own business going to the builders who had all the standing inventory um, and selling bulk um, condo projects and townhome projects and subdivisions out to other investors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a really good business out of that. 
uh, got involved with a tech company that was based here in Las Vegas. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tony Shea of Zappos, um, but he started a incubator um, in downtown here called the Downtown Project. Um, we started a bowling application called Rolltech, which was the sixth company he funded and one of only two to get follow-on rounds. Um, we ended up being the official staff provider for ESPN, and now we run real money tournaments uh, via an application for bowling leagues and bowling tournaments all over the world. Oh. Uh, and so then in 2012, um, my ex-wife lived across the street from my now business partner, Paul Davey. Um, and Paul was in the generic pharmaceutical manufacturing business. Um, it, he was uh, a manager, kind of um, managing purchasing and those sorts of things. And he and I know each, each other because they lived across the street. Mm -hmm. So we were for about 10 years. And he called me one day and said, hey, I got introduced to this electronic cigarette. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. I'm thinking about opening a retail store. What do you think? And I told him, I said, well, whatever you do, don't quit your day job. Try it on the nights and weekends and see what happens. Yep. So we tried it on the nights and weekends. And I was going back and forth to Vegas at the time from Orange County. So I called him. Um, about a month and a half after um, he had the store open, and I said, hey, how's it going? He said, oh, it was good. It was a Sunday afternoon. He said, I, I sold $3,500. So, well, it's not too bad for nights and weekends over a month and a half. And he yeah. said, no, no, that was that was today. Oh. <laughs> Holy cow. So he said, yeah, but I'm having all these issues. You know, at the time, he had to wire tens of thousands of dollars overseas to China and hope the stuff would show up on a boat yeah. if it wasn't Chinese New Year or Tomb Sweeping Day or – some kind of other crazy holiday. Um, so you'd have the store with, you know, nothing to sell. So he said, what, what do you think? And I said, well, why don't we partner up and um, start a distribution business? There were, he was only the second vape shop in Southern California at the time. So there weren't really a lot of customers, but it was clear that, um, you know, there's lines out the door and people were um, really hunting for this product. Yep. So yep. we started a distribution company and quickly decided that we would um, put this online um, we, we did that really early on, even though the product required a ton of education. At that point, it was very clear that uh, once somebody had their first um, vape device, they were quickly going to get their second. Those were going to get passed on, and that sort of teaching that's required mm -hmm. was going to happen organically. Um, so we got eLiquid.com, eJuices.com, which is um, the kind of the software to the product, because this is really a razor, razor blade business, um, with the liquids being the consumable. And so um, we got to roughly about 100 brands. Um, we had moved three times. It started in um, Paul's son's uh, bedroom when he was off, oh, off away at college. Um, the dog snuck in one day, ate about half of our product, <laughs> almost put us out of business, and then moved to a public storage facility, a little tiny warehouse and a bigger warehouse. <clears throat> um, we've moved two more times since then, but... Um, we got to about a hundred brands and everybody kept asking us, um, you you know, you're retailing all these brands. It'd be great if I could buy all these from you at wholesale. Yep. So, um, unfortunately for our industry, uh, there's not a lot of, um, standard platforms that you could use due to the nature of our product. Uh, so we had to get really, really creative and figure out a way to, uh, create a drop ship scenario, uh -huh. um, which sounds very stupid and uh, very logical, but at the time, um, every brand on the planet had 
either an exclusive distributor or exclusive radiuses. So if you were within 10 miles of another shop, you couldn't carry these products. So it was very, very difficult to figure out how we were going to allow these folks to drop ship. So we built the site and uh, got about 15 brands on there and did a trade show in Houston. And um, people kind of were just surprised by the concept, didn't think it would work. And then orders started rolling in, and as orders started rolling in, people started talking about it and getting rid of their exclusives and getting rid of their radiuses and mm. um, now have 1,700-plus brands. Um, that's with about 1,200 suppliers. Uh, we have several hundred thousand retail customers and thousands and thousands of retail shops that we distribute and retail to uh, all over the world. Um, and we really think of ourselves as kind of a technology company, so yeah. both that we're we're solving a problem with the technology we're selling and that it's um, disrupting a hundred year old industry that's killing people. But also with the way we distribute those products, we, we do it technology first. So everything we do is um, focused on solving a problem first uh, and then we figure out how to monetize it. So um, we do a lot of different interesting things here and continue just to evolve um, and add new technology to solve problems whether it's for the consumer, for the store owner, for the brand, for the retailer, um, and as well as advertisers. So that's it in a long-winded nutshell. So after hearing Billy's background as an entrepreneur, I really wanted to ask him what was, in his opinion, his biggest win or the I made it moment uh, that he's had over the past few years at ASIC Distributors. Now, for someone who's accomplished so much, I knew that this was going to be kind of a tricky question. Um, I will probably expect an answer like, oh, we got featured in TechCrunch or we got featured in the New York Times from probably a younger or a less experienced entrepreneur. But I knew that Billy was going to give me a different answer than that. And uh, it was actually very, very interesting. I'll let you guys hear it. Um, so w one of the ones I think is, in my my opinion, the, the coolest or the neatest. It wasn't really like... Um, a make or break, but it was this recent promotion we did um, for the Dog Days of Summer and really focusing on um, bringing attention to all these um, animals that don't have homes uh -huh. and, and helping people um, not only focus on uh, rescuing, but also raising some money. I think we're going to raise somewhere between five or $10,000 wow. uh, for a local shelter here to help. And so that's really cool. And to see the customer's feedback about that. Um, we have uh, an office dog that I rescued about a year and a half ago uh, who's laying under the table underneath us right now. <laughs> That's great. Um, his name's Tank. and Oh, yeah. He, I, saw, uh, I saw a picture on the website before. Yeah. Oh, That's, he's, That's uh, Tank. Nice. He's, uh, he just brings a, a lot of um, uh, calm and sometimes excitement and just uh, a, a welcome release for a lot of people, uh, even though he's most of the time just begging for their food. Uh, <laughs> Just having that kind of animal around just um, uh, provides a sense of calm for everybody. Yep. And the customer feedback was tremendous. We just did a trade show, and we had so many people come up to us saying, that was the coolest thing. I've never seen anybody in this space do that. Um, you know, we loved you guys before, but now you're by far our favorite. Um, just, you know, and then telling stories about their rescues and, you know, just getting people not just focused on what we do. Yeah. Um, I think also, too, the, the neat thing from us from a company perspective was that was the first time we really um, 
done something to truly humanize the face of our company, right? We've uh, typically been a website that provides product, but I think this one was the first one where like people were like, hey, yeah, you know, you guys are real people. You guys are cool people. We love what you're doing, and now we, we love you guys uh, on a personal level too. So that was, I think, really, really cool to see. And um, based on the feedback, I think it really struck a nerve. One of the great things about the interview that we had with Billy is that some of his coworkers were actually in the room with him. So we could get their opinions on different areas like marketing channels. That's actually the last question that I asked him is, what are, in his opinion, and their team opinions as well, the best marketing channels that they're using right now and, and why? And so here's what they said. Referrals. Is that the right answer? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Well, well, it, it is it is a big piece to our industry because uh, this is still relatively a, a new product, mm-hmm. um, and we've seen the difference between kind of these products being sold in a C store environment where it's not um, there's not that level of education, there's not that level of relationship that happens there versus your local vape shop or through friends and family. Yep. where people truly get comfortable with the product because if you know you read the fear mongering news and. You know, there's a battery explosion or people will say there's popcorn, all this other crap mm-hmm. that, you know, is trying to sensationalize. But when you see, you know, a 75-year-old man come into your store that, you know, six months ago couldn't play and run with his grandkids who now is, you know, stuff like that really has a big impact. Um, and even for the younger generation, you know, kids that would normally be smoking at a young age that have turned to vaping, you know, our, our industry has been vilified, but you know, if you read the fine print, it's, hey, they're vaping, but they're not even vaping any nicotine products, yeah. um, where otherwise they'd end up with, you know, a 40-year habit that would kill them. Yep. It's probably a short-term fun thing for them to do where they're looking, you know, feeling like they look cool um, and doing those sorts of things, but without the terrible um, addiction and long-lasting side effects. Yep. And those stories, the best way to tell those stories is peer-to-peer, um, you know, not just uh, – not just blasting out to the media because the media is just going to, you know, paint their tainted picture on it. Yep. But uh, real stories and um, referrals are a great way to do it. Um, so it's, it's a great service to have. So my, my next question was going to be about what made you decide to use a, a referral program. And from your answer, I uh, I kind of understand that it was uh, an actual a natural reaction. So you saw that your customers were already promoting your product. So you, you just thought it was the, the natural move to just reward them for for doing that yeah so having um had a couple stores we saw that that's what would happen is you know a, a guy would come in that was a long time vapor and then he'd bring a friend and then that friend would bring a friend yep. and you know it's a much more difficult experience to translate uh, online if you don't have a program to do this um especially in an easy format and giving that people shopping online are, are so finicky the guy that's going to take a half hour to go into your store is not the guy that's, you know, price shopping online or trying to figure out who has the real site or um, who offers the best prices. So, you know, having having that kind of uh, social validity behind us really, really helps a lot. And when you guys decided to run a referral program, um, what made you decide to to use referral candy as a as the the, the option? So I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, we had used uh, another program in the past, and I unfortunately don't have my CTO up here, otherwise I'd give you a much better answer. <laughs> uh, but 
as far as I as I recall, a lot of the um, the functionality, a lot of the user experience on these other programs was not as robust. Um, Referral Candy seemed to give us the most flexibility. Um, we are a very rapidly growing company, so we needed something that our team could um, teach and impart that didn't require a tech genius hmm. to have a bunch of coding. Right. So that simplicity, ease of use, and scalability were really, really important to us. Um, we went from, uh, we moved here not too long ago, and we had, I think, 35, 40 employees. We're already up to 55. Wow. And when we moved here, we didn't even have a full uh, marketing team. We now have five people um, handling this and doing a hell of a job. So um, being able to get them in a very user-friendly environment without having to spend a lot of time teaching them how to use referral candy, yep. um, I know was definitely one of the reasons that um, we decided to not only try but continue to stay with you guys. Well, I'm not going to lie. I was very happy to hear that referral marketing in general and referral candy in particular was such an important part of their marketing mix. And this is something you can do for your business too. All you have to do is go to referralcandy.com and enjoy our 30-day free trial so you can start getting more referrals. We are at the end of the show. I hope you liked it and see you at the next one. 